Hey everybody, this is Michael and you're listening to Conversations with a Recovering Loan Officer, the show that is designed to help loan officers grow their mortgage business. We talk to top producers, marketing experts, and other inspiring people whose experience can help you reach your goals in less time. Okay guys, we are back. And today I'm joined by somebody who I've worked with in my brokerage uh, last year, 2020-2021, a man, the myth, the legend, Gilberto Rosas. And you run a company or own a company named uh, Maverick Media Labs. That's right. Yeah. Tell me about Maverick. Yeah. So for the last six years, pretty much the main thing that we've helped mortgage professionals with is helping them get more referral partnerships. Since then, it's it's branched out to other things like recruiting and, and lead generation, all that stuff. But the main thing has been really like helping mortgage professionals with, you know, establishing partnerships with realtors, CPAs, divorce attorneys, and financial advisors. So that's pretty much what we've been doing and what we've been really focused on um, in the mortgage industry. How did you get involved in mortgage or come up with this idea? Yeah, so it pretty much came from me actually like working. At, I was working at a marketing agency before two really like very um, prominent marketing agencies that work with like very like big names like Disney, Hasbro, like Universal. So I was actually in there, and that's where I I grew my skill set of like social media marketing, sales, prospecting. I built out a lot of their social media departments and like their marketing departments. So. After a while, I kind of like saw the opportunity for myself and like took the leap. And from there, I started working. Um, one of the first clients that I had was actually a loan officer. And I remember his name was Tim. And I remember that he actually came to me for lead generation. He wanted to generate more buyer leads. But I quickly found out the reason why he wanted to was because he wanted to work with more realtors. So he wanted to get them more leads. And then what I realized is a lot of other clients also had the same like demand as well, like the same kind of need. There was no one really like doing it. There was like coaches that told them like, hey, go out and get realtors. Um, and companies certainly told loan officers to go out there and get realtors, but there was no one at least at a big level going out there and just doing it for them. So that's pretty much where I kind of took it upon myself to like start offering this as a service. That was one of my strengths is like going out there and like prospecting sales, marketing my strong suit. So that's where we started um, really taking off with the service. And like, you know, from Tim, it grew off to like other branches and brokers that referred us. Um, so then it just kind of skyrocketed from there. And so then you, you know, you sort of pivoted, right? Because you were probably trying to drive borrowers into his funnel. And yeah. then you identified that those borrowers typically, you know, they start with the process or the the end in mind, which is the home which means if the realtor and you could actually generate more leads long-term for the loan officers by going directly to the person who can refer deals. Yeah. I also noticed because we were doing like at one point, both at the same time in the beginning, I noticed that the ones that came from realtors were like so much better quality, um, like typically have like better credit scores, especially if they came from like a financial advisor, if they got vetted by a realtor, like they were just so much like better quality prospects. Whereas like yep. lead gen, we had to like really go through a lot of numbers. Like if we got a hundred leads, like we really have to sift through those to get like maybe 15 appointments. And then from those 15 get like, you know, one to three that close. So it's a like big, big numbers game. Whereas like with, with getting more realtor partners, it's just a matter of like, 
building more relationships, right? A lot of our clients I find with, I think you, you might have seen this as well with a lot of mortgage professionals. They're really good at building relationships. It's a big relationships business, but they don't really have the opportunities or the at-bats because they don't have the time for the cold calling or they're not reaching out. Um, so that's kind of what I've seen is like, usually it's, it's a higher ROI activity, um, to get more realtors. It just brings like better quality, uh, prospects and better quality borrowers. So sales, like you, the, the common mindset around sales, like in the, maybe not necessarily in the mortgage business, but just in the overall, when you're a salesperson, the word or the term at bats, you know, how does that play into like what the daily activities of what somebody who's in sales should be doing. Yeah. So in general, like with the cool thing about like the mortgage industry, like it definitely is like a heavy sales background. Like it's, it's basically like if you're a financial advisor an insurance agent or mortgage broker, like you are a salesperson, like whether you admit it or not. And so basically like when being that, if you kind of view it that way, you have to keep in mind that like you have to have like a pipeline in place, like always having a full a full pipeline, always having prospecting going out, like whether it's like posting on your social media, starting conversations, reaching out to realtors, that's probably like the fundamental, like the pillar activity to do is like the prospecting, right? And keeping that pipeline full so you can have like weekly conversations with either realtors or borrowers. Um, Cause like whenever we work with a client, we wanna make sure that like they focus on talking to as many realtors or borrowers, right? Like money-making activities as compared to like doing other stuff, like posting on their social media, calling a realtor, um, which we can just take, her on that, take over on that part. We want them to have as many like money-producing activities that will turn into deals, which will be just having as many productive conversations as possible. So if I didn't have somebody like you in my corner, then, and I was wanting to get to this goal, right? that I said, maybe it's get to 30 deals a month, whatever that is. The only way to do that is through activity, right? Increasing your activity and being very targeted with the kinds of activity you're doing. So what you guys can do for a loan officer is you can step in and you can dramatically supercharge the number of at-bats they have because you're taking usually what is for most loan officers or even salespeople is the worst part of the process. And yeah. that is the cold outreach. You're taking that off their plate and essentially handing them a real estate agent that can, that is accepted the idea of having a, a conversation with a loan officer. Yeah. I mean, not only just accepted, but I mean, they also have business to send because like what we quickly realized from the beginning is like loan officers don't want to just talk to any real estate agent. They want to talk to a real estate agent that actually has business to send. And like the cool thing about the real estate industry is like you have tools like MMI, list reports, even Zillow Agent Finder where you can see their production. So it's about like having more conversations with realtors without doing the cold calls, but also having those conversations with the right type of realtors as well. Um, so that's a that's also a fundamental as well when it comes to like sales prospecting is like who you're reaching out to. Um, matters, right? If you're reaching out to 100 agents that are new, the results you'll get are much different than like reaching out to realtors that are only producing eight plus buyer sides. So then what kind of exercise are you coaching loan officers on when it comes to identifying their like avatar potential referral partner? Is there like a process during your onboarding or 
Yeah. So for ours, um, there's two. I mean, we have our done for you, which doesn't require as much coaching. It's just pretty much we do it for them. But for like our other program where like it's more for like newer loan officers or some that might be kind of on like maybe doing one or two loans per month around there. Um, usually what we have them do is like utilize leverage to be able to like reach out to more realtors. And like one of the best ways to do that without having to do cold calls is using tools like, for example, like LinkedIn has been a good one using SMS, using email. Those are all things that like don't require calls. And what most loan officers don't know is like a lot of that can be hugely automated. And usually when I say that, there's always like resistance with realtors because like they think, oh, automation and like, yeah, I build relationships. I do it the old school way. You can still build relationships, but it's a matter of like how you get those those com initial conversations. You can do it through like using modern technology. Things like pre-approve me app is a way of like using modern technology to like streamline the process in the same way, like using things like email automation, SMS, and even LinkedIn automation is a good way to like get more conversations so that you can yeah. build more relationships. Yeah. I mean, I, the kind of analogy I've been watching lately, this, this show called Poldark, and this is like a political drama, but a lot of the show surrounds like the relationship building people do at parties, you know? And yeah. What I'm hearing you say is that like you have to get the invitation and you get people to show up to the party in order for yeah. you to build a relationship with them. Exactly. And if you're not doing the work, which for me, like I know is always one of the most painful parts of being a loan officer was like picking up the phone, calling a realtor, building the relationship with them. And after a certain amount of time, you have enough relationships where you can ask them to refer you to other realtors. But if you're, like you said, the onesie twosies, or maybe you're in the million to two million mark, maybe hire somebody to fill the, fill the party and then just focus on building the relationship when you're there. I mean, for yeah. me, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I usually notice if someone's at a million a month or like even say 2 million a month, um, back in the refi room where there were loan officers doing a 4 million a month, um, they would actually make less money and close less deals if they did do the cold calls. Um, so even someone at a million a month, like doing five loans a month or more, like it would, in some cases, they would close less deals because they would be doing too much time on cold calling, whereas like they would be ignoring their current realtors, not picking up the phone when borrowers call. So in some cases, it really doesn't make sense to do it on your own. It, it makes sense more to like have someone else do it. So yeah, it's really just a matter of like what stage you are in your mortgage business and what makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, I think that is super important because the initial call is not, is almost never the one that's going to secure the relationship and yeah. the promise of a referral, right? You have to get in them into the meeting. You have to build rapport. You have to bring something of value to the table and build that relationship over time. And sometimes it's not one meeting. It could be several meetings or months of communications, all of which should be surrounding bringing value to that referral relationship. And I don't mean like yeah. value for like money. I right. mean, value, yeah. like something that helps them. So like the loan officer's time is better spent nurturing and bringing value and not the initial dial for dollars mentality. Exactly. Yeah. And there's so many ways, like you hit the nail right on the head. Cause like, I think a lot of loan officers, what they think when they think of like helping a realtor is like buying leads, but that's not necessarily true. I mean, really what the realtors want is like to help to get help closing more transactions. Yep. But that could be done in so many different ways. I mean, one of our clients, what he does is he will help his realtor partners 
by helping them with doing videos on Instagram, doing reels. So he'll send them like the scripts, he'll edit the videos for them. And like, they've made more money as a result of that. The realtors are happy. They've closed more transactions. And our client, apart from the time that he's invested in that, hasn't paid a single dime to those realtors, right? So that's just one way. There's so many different other ways of adding value. I mean, pre-approve me app is like another way as well. Like, you know, I'm sure that helps with realtors closing more transactions if they can streamline that process a lot more. There's, you can work their dead leads. There's just so many different ways you can add value to the realtors. Yeah, and I think that's a really, really important thing too because most loan officers I talk to, especially those who have been in the industry for like less than five years, they've got this stigma tied to real estate agents, very frequently yeah. stigma, <laughs> that is yeah. like that they're horrible to work with, you know, that they are pushing you around, that it's, you know, I, I mean, I've met loan officers who just re- flat out refuse to work with them. They don't want to yeah. communicate with them. They don't want to, you know. And of course, it's based on their experiences and it's based on, you know, uh, sort of like a Pavlov's dog. You know, you're ringing the bell and all of a sudden you're training them to like hate yeah. a realtor. But realtors are people. And if you can find a way to bring value to, just like any relationship, bring value to that relationship, they're going to they're gonna feel like they need to pay you back in some way. Like reciprocity is a part of human nature. So the Instagram Reels thing you just mentioned is super cool because what initially what that real estate agent is getting is you're teaching them a new skill that helps them generate business. The byproduct of that is because you're helping them generate business, they refer you business and you're helping them be more effective at marketing themselves, which means in turn you get more loans because they're marketing their business better. Exactly. And to add on to the point where you mentioned about a lot of loan officers hitting to work with realtors, I get that like all the time when we reach out, usually we'll get at least the one or two every time that'll say like, yeah, I don't work with real estate agents, like, you know, screw real estate agents. I generate my own leads. Um, usually when I when I have conversations with those type of people that have had those bad experiences, usually it's a result of them working with more of like the, I guess, lower producing agents or not having choices. So they're kind of stuck having to work with the ones that that aren't as good to work with. And like, in contrast, like what our clients usually see is like, once they have the choices, you know, they have meetings, they can really pick and choose who they want to work with because they know they have a full pipeline, right? That's kind of like the thing that even within our own company, you know, I always find is like a, a really good, like kind of safety net is having a full pipeline because then you have the freedom to be able to pick and choose which realtor that you can do. You don't have to pick them out of necessity because like you have to like pay your bills, but more so because you could, you actually want to work with them. So, yeah. you know, that's usually kind of what I found is like they've had a couple bad experiences because of low producing agents or just some bad apples. But I think in general, like if you have the right realtor um, that you choose, you're going to have like really solid referral partnerships. The thing too, I find it is, is it's very difficult for some loan officers to take a meeting and then accept that the person they met with is not a good fit for them to work with. Yeah. And so what happens is they continue to push because they see the potential of a referral, but the result of that referral is dealing with the person connected to it. And it can put a really bad taste in your mouth, you know? And so like, this is maybe just a bit of like background or history. Like when we started working together doing this about two years ago, I don't know if you remember because you work with hundreds of loan officers all over the place, but I wanted to talk to realtors who were mountain bikers 
that was like my very specific yeah that was my very specific list and actually (laughs) i helped to like come up with the list of those people for your team to follow up with and the conversations i would have with those people were very very different than just a traditional loan officer realtor conversation because it was surrounded about a passion that we both have for a sport coincidentally it was very easy to build relationships with them because I wouldn't take them to coffee. I would say, hey, let's go for a ride. I want to talk to you about contact conversion and we can do it on the climb. And they'd be like, sick, let's go, you know? And so we go for a ride and at the end of three hours on the bike together, we felt like friends, you know? And you refer people who you know, like, and trust. And the only way to build like and trust is to spend a significant amount of time with somebody. So yeah, that's an interesting point that you brought up because I know um, I've had several, we worked with a lot of loan officers this, at this point. And what I found to be the most amazing part is like, sometimes we'll have loan officers that will just come in and take the meetings and like, they really won't have any like unique value proposition. They're just really good at like finding like shared values, like building relationships. And like, there isn't any like shiny object or any value proposition. They're just really good at like finding like common interests, like shared values and like realtors will just like refer business because of that. And that was one of the, like the kind of biggest eye openers for me is like how that can happen. But we've seen like a lot of loan officers that do that. Funny enough, it's the experienced ones like yourself that, uh, that know like, Hey, I want you to reach out to these specific realtors because they have like shared values or shared interests. And then they just really just mesh together. They feel like best friends. And then the realtor will just refer over, um, Total out the loan officer having to buy leads or do anything really. It's just the the relationship itself. And the byproduct of that of working with somebody who respects you on a personal level is they respect your personal boundaries. Yeah. So like if you they know so huge way back in the day when I was cold calling my own realtors and building my own relationships without your help, I did the same thing with golf, but I also would sub because there's a lot of golfers in the in the real estate industry, but I would actually take it one step further. And I would see, I would make sure that they were a young family and they had at least two years, but no more than six years experience because I wanted to grow with them and work with them as a team while they started to kind of like build their own real estate empire. And what that turned into was like not just shared values, but shared goals and we, it drove all of our conversations. So it's like, you know, how did, how did you... What kind of marketing were you doing this week? You know, how can I help you with that? And, you know, I would go to like all of their kids' birthday parties. And in my opinion, like 10 of those realtors who are like really good friends with you that you actually enjoy hanging around with turns the prospect of working with realtors completely upside down for most loan officers. Yeah, they'll actually retain longer. Um, Funny enough too, like one of the things that, you just mentioned that I've actually noticed as well. A lot of our clients will ask specifically that they want to go towards like realtors that are small mom and pop shops. Yeah. So like like small family, like they're not the biggest broker, but they're not the smallest. Like they're right in the middle, kind of across the board. We've seen that, that like that has been like the best ones to go after in general as a, as a huge generality. Yeah. Like those are really good ones to to go after. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of, you know, data to support that moving a big, big producer, like they only got there with the help of other people. And and a lot of times it's a good loan officer, right? That helped them yeah. out there. And so to unseat that kind of person initially, 
is really hard. Now, there are strategies for doing that. Like, for example, maybe the loan officer doesn't have like access to really super niche loan programs and you can eat yeah. a transaction in there because you hit really hard that you're a DSCR pro, right? Yeah. And so that might be a strategy that gets you in with those bigger hitters, but I think you'll find your time is better spent helping people grow their business into a big hitter and being that impossible person to unseat yeah. and to unseat somebody at the top. We'll even have some clients that'll be at the at the way extreme of that where they'll actually they've we've had some clients that will ask us to go only after new agents. Um, like only go after new agents because like they want to get it's basically like taking a bet. Well, like like a stock where when, when it's down yeah. is the way you explained yeah. it to me. Like yeah. out of ten, I'm gonna get one that's gonna be a top producer in a couple years. Um, so I want you to only reach out to new agents for me. And we've had several of, of those type of clients. So that's that's interesting. I, I've used that tactic before too and seen loan officers yeah. do it. And here's what happens oftentimes is like you said, it's a bet, right? One out of ten makes it to the next stage. Well, two out of ten end up being like decent producers. Yeah. So then you got three out of the possible ten that are going to be potentially long-term referral relationships. And a decent producer from a real estate agent perspective is six transactions a year. Right. I mean that in the mortgage industry, that's twenty to thirty grand in your pocket. Yeah. That's a lot of money. And and then there's the onesie twosies too as well from that. Like yep. the ones that were for like one or two a year. Probably yep. got like three or more from those out of the 10. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And they those types of realtors are actually being ignored by and large by loan officers. Yeah. Because they don't produce, right? Most loan officers have MMI lists. They can look at the production numbers of real estate agents. They can figure that stuff out. And they're being ignored because everyone wants the whale. Well- that's so true. <laughs> where well, the whale was a, a producer, a brand new realtor at one point. I think that's a really smart strategy, especially if maybe you're a newer loan officer and you're fearful of meeting with somebody who has so much experience. Two years in on the mortgage side or one year in on the mortgage side, you know more than a five-year realtor for mortgages, right? And so it's easy for you to speak with authority on that topic and not feel overwhelmed uh, from like a newer, newer real estate agent. Um, so yeah, there's so it sounds like there's so many, you're seeing a lot of different strategies playing out and being really successful yeah. for loan officers today. Yeah. Even the, the niche thing that you mentioned as well, like DR, DSCR loans has been one, like being like a self-employed specialist has also been like a really good one that we've seen as worth, like, especially like right now during this down market, like real estate agents, they value every single lead that they get in. So they don't want to lose someone that's like self-employed because their current lender doesn't do it. So if like someone can come in and like offer to be like their self-employed, like go-to lender, that is also worked as well. Whether it's DSCR, like self-employed or any sort of like very like state specific or like even like county specific program, like that works like super well. Nice. I love it. That's cool. So talk to me then about your guys' process, right? Because, I mean, there's a way that people could kind of organize and do this themselves. And it's like, they'd have to take on all this overhead and the management and build the scripts and do all, I mean, it's like building a separate business, right? So talk to me about how you guys approach the process and what somebody would be getting with you, with you guys. Yeah. So we always want to make sure we always start with like the, the list that we're reaching out to, like kind of like how I mentioned. That was something we we learned like very early on is like who we're reaching out to is important. Um, so we always go into like 
tools like MMI, list reports, um, even Zillow, and we'll create a list of, sometimes we'll even have it already ready. So we'll create a list of like loan officers that meet their criteria. I mean, sorry, realtors that meet their, their criteria. Sometimes it's six to eight plus buyer size. Sometimes it's just licensed with two years of experience. So we'll gather that list. We have like full-time list builders that go in and they'll like scrape the data. And then what we'll do is we'll go into our prospecting stage, which is basically where we're using emails, calls, and texts to reach out to real estate agents. And so what we want to do is basically have kind of like what I call like an omni-channel approach. Because what I found is like some agents, it's very interesting because some agents will just never respond to you like if they get an email from you. Um, But if they get a, a cold text from you, like that'll be the thing that actually gets them to respond. Or maybe if they get like a call, they'll be much more likely to to actually book an appointment from there. So we like to have like kind of an omni-channel approach and have like three different channels we're reaching out to. So we'll have our appointment setter. Um, So we have trained appointment setters that we have that will reach out and then they will have like the script that we build, which we customize to each client. So we want to make sure that it's like centered around their unique value proposition and all that stuff. And it's unique to them. And then what we do is we we send it out. So we have, we send out the appointment setter. They start making the calls, tax, all that stuff. And then once we get a realtor that raises their hand and says like, yes, I am open to having a call with your loan officer, we then qualify them. So there might be some additional qualifiers because um, we want to make sure that more so than anything that we're getting quality. So we want to qualify this prospective realtor. Then what we'll do is we'll book the appointment directly on their calendar. So like we'll use similar to Calendly, which is something that a lot of loan officers are familiar with. We'll have uh, the software linked to their calendar. And so from there, we'll be able to see their availability. We book it directly onto their calendar. It shoots out appointment reminders. And then the team will do a a physical like call confirmation. Well, they'll call them up in the morning and be like, hey, um, you have a call with Kevin. Just want to confirm that you're still available. If not, they'll reschedule them. So that will spit out qualified appointments with realtors that have the production, but then also are legitimately actually open to having a a call. Um, A funny thing is like sometimes clients who like have never done marketing or any sort of thing like this before, they're like actually surprised that like realtors are are like open to having having a, a conversation with them about a referral. Like they can't fathom the fact that like this many realtors are actually open, but there's just so many reasons. I mean- their lender could have like retired, fizzled out, or like just a myriad of different reasons. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what it looks like on the front end. And then on the back end, we'll actually help them with following up and nurturing the realtor. Cause that's like the other important part when it comes to pipeline management is like nurturing and like, yeah, basically like nurturing each opportunity to make sure that they don't slip through the cracks. Cause there's other lenders that are like cold calling them. So we want to like add value to them and stay top of mind. So we'll do that through sometimes retargeting ads. We'll use like text and email drips to stay in front of them. We'll have an entire CRM with like a pipeline that's that's tracking where op- each opportunity is. Have they sent a referral yet? Have they sent a deal? Where's everything at? And if we can have those three um, dialed in like to where we have opportunities where the loan officer is taking meetings and they're all being followed up with, it pretty predictably will spit out referral partners on on a monthly basis. Yeah, and the thing, the thing that a lot of people forget is that taking a meeting, taking one meeting in the very beginning isn't a guarantee that that person's going to work with you. There's, It's like any sales process. 
It depends on where you get them, at what stage they are in their decision-making ability to change providers or to trust you to, you know, like you said, that some people, maybe their lender left the industry. I mean, 60,000 people didn't renew their licenses in the last year. So there's a big number of people exiting the industry. And, you know, there's also a big number of loan officers who are trying to make those initial phone calls and maybe getting a first appointment and then doing zero follow-up. Yeah, that's... Uh, I was going to say, that's one of the things that I've noticed. Like, usually people will come to us at different stages where, like, they either have been doing no outreach or sometimes they've been they've been doing outreach, but it's not consistent. I think that one's the most common. Or they have been doing the outreach, but then, like, that will go nowhere <laughs> because there's no follow-up processes in place. So there's always, like, kind of, like, a thing that needs, like, it needs to be all cylinders need to be running. Um, it can't just be like one, you can't just be generating meetings, but then having no follow-up and you can't just be nurturing the same 50 realtors without reaching out to new ones. So it's like having all three is really what makes the system work. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. When somebody, you know, uh, starts working with you, what is sort of like the timeline in which you would expect that they, I mean, every loan officer is different, but is there a you know, a certain amount of time that a loan officer might want to work with you guys to get to their, let's say, 10 real estate agents that they're working with consistently. Yeah. In terms of results, we usually see, like, for us, we're able to get a campaign live within three days. So they'll actually already start getting appointments the first week. And we usually get, like, on average, our clients across the board are getting, like, 15 appointments per month. Sometimes they'll get, like, 15 to 20. We've even had some for the ones that are targeting new agents, we'll get them up to like 25 sometimes. But if we're getting them about 15 um, per month, that's 45 over the span of 90 days. And so we'll usually see like a 20% conversion. I'm, I'm calling it a, cause I'm a marketer, like conversion rate, right? Basically like 20% of people will work with you. Um, so there'll be good fits and they'll work with you. Usually that's the averages that I see across the board. So that'll mean that like about nine realtors will be the ones that she'll get a solid, like, let's say nine or 10 that end up working with you on the low end of that. Like you, let's say you're a little bit, this is a little bit newer to you. You haven't done this type of outreach or talked to that many agents. So there's a learning curve. Maybe it might be like 10 or 15%. So it might be like, let's say five, which is a very safe conservative bet. So if you talk to like, let's say 45 and you know, on the low end, you could probably expect like around five. That's usually kind of the averages even for like newer loan officers that's kind of where they're at like 10 percent. someone who's already experienced i've had someone like as high as 30 percent. they're just really good at relationship building and like really excellent when it comes to follow-up so on average 20 percent, which would be like 10 percent on the low end would be five um, realtor partners in 90 days so yeah and i think that the, the difference between oftentimes the difference between that five realtors and the 30 percent conversions has to do with the amount of reps that person who gets 30% conversion has under their belt. Yeah. Like they're seasoned, they're comfortable with their knowledge. They've got something unique of value. And so even if you're just that five realtor candidate and you feel like nervous when you talk to a real estate agent and you're feeling like um, you've got nothing unique of value to bring to the table, the only way to identify those opportunities, your unique value proposition, your selling voice is to get the at-bats. You got to start having conversations. 
And yeah, you're going to fail at first. You're going to fail. But I, I've been using this like analogy with my kids recently because I think it's a really important life lesson. And that's when if you, if there was a dice game and the only way to win was to roll double sixes. But every time you rolled another number, you didn't lose anything. You just, it was just nothing, right? So a realtor says, no, okay, that's nothing. It doesn't make any difference to me. It shouldn't at least. But every 30 or so rolls, I get a double six and that's a win. How many times would you roll the dice if you weren't wanting to stack wins? Just keep rolling. Here knows, move on, you know? And that's the thing I think it's really hard for people to, to understand that a no isn't like a rejection of you as a person. Everyone is entering the process and sales with their own selfish needs. And so that's just their needs right now. It's just, it's no to a new relationship. You know, it's not necessarily no to you personally, you know? Yeah. One of the things I always tell uh, like new loan officers that work with us is like, number one, go for no, which is like from a book that's like just super excellent that I read like early on, like one of the best things in terms of mindset, like going for no. That way you're not attached to the yes. And then they you a newer loan officer has like, there's every situation has like its pros and cons. Yes, the more experienced one has like, they know what to say, they've been through it, they have reps. But then like the, the newer loan officer has like much more time and also has like the advantage. Oftentimes our newer loan officers are much more savvy when it comes to social media and like can use that as a way to kind of like add value to the realtors that might not be. So like there's always things that like, newer loan officers might not see as like an advantage because it's so normal to them, but it's actually something that could be hugely valuable to a realtor that might not know social media, might not know how to like use a CRM or might not know how to like run Facebook ads or stuff like that. So those are things that like you could always use something. You always have an advantage. You just, it's a matter of like finding what's your, your, what's your advantage over someone who's like more experienced. It's a really good point that, you know, if you're, if you're not doing 20 loans a month, you got more time to get no's, you know? That, exactly, yeah. You start using that time. It's your biggest asset. So the other thing too is interesting um, is, or I was just thinking about, is those younger loan officers being more savvy with social media is really important. And like as a marketer yourself, I mean, I can imagine that's probably how you've grown your customer base and how you stay connected to people. Do you always automatically convert somebody the first time they see one of your ads? For Maverick, like for our stuff? Yeah. No, I mean, I think for in general, like you're always going to have like people that are, I've, I went to a marketing conference once and they, they kind of broke down this bell curve that represents like all of the market, like anyone who's like out there, who's like a candidate for your services, there's going to be 10% that are just going to say yes, no matter what, <clears throat> they're just going to buy like no matter what, cause it's a good fit. There's going to be 10% that will just never buy from you or anyone. And then there's like everyone in the middle. So your goal is like obviously to get the 10%, but to nurture the ones that are like in the middle. So like for us, like, yeah, there's going to be some people that are like instant yeses. It might take like one or two calls, maybe like a week or two. But then there's like people that are three months out, six months out. So for us, like we always have ways of like nurturing them. Like we practice what we preach. So we have like the same systems in place for our stuff internally where we have retargeting ads. We have, you know, email, email drips to like nurture our prospects, uh, text drips, like all this stuff in place so that when someone is ready, like we're top of mind and we're the ones that are like 
the ones that they go for when it comes to like their marketing and growing their referral partnerships. So yeah, that's going to be just an end industry. Like everyone, not everyone is going to be like ready to go right then and there. Uh, there's going to be some people that are going to be three to six months out. If you can nurture them, man, like that's where you can really win. You know, that's where the majority of the gold is, right? I mean, because 10%, yeah. even if you just got the 10% initially, it's enough to pay your bills and get you moving forward. But yeah, nurturing those relationships might mean another 30% conversion over the next year. And I had, that's huge. I had a guy, this will happen to me regularly just because we're like, I've always just been a huge proponent of follow-up. Like I'll, I'll follow up with someone from two years ago. And like, this was actually like two months ago. I followed up with someone from, yeah, around two years ago, we spoke, I think it was like 2020 around there and uh, 2021. And I was just asking him, hey, how's everything going? And he like remembered he actually remembered me. He had my my phone saved. And he's like, hey, man, like, you know, let's hop on a call. We hopped on. He's like, hey, man, I'm ready to go. Paid in full for like six months and hopped on. Like easiest yep. call. It took like 10 minutes. Yep. And that was only a result of like ju just like the ongoing follow-up and nurturing that and the trust that I had built. But the same thing happens with like loan officers. Um, one of our clients are doing like $4 million a month. I think he's probably close to their probably $3 million, 2.5 now. Um, he told me something that always stuck with me. It's like, hey, if you just follow up, you're going to get something. You're, you're going to get something. <laughs> and like, he's really good at like following up with his past client database, like constantly like doing annual mortgage reviews, like stuff like that. So if like, you know, any loan officer that's listened to this, if you just simply added that, like that would, over the course of a year, would probably add in probably 10 additional loans or more. So yeah, yeah there's something to be said about follow up just being super powerful and underutilized. You know, you also don't need to invest in like the most expensive technology to do follow-up. Like it's great yeah. to, it's great to be where your, you know, audience is. So if you can launch a retargeting campaign, if you can send drip emails, if you can send text messages to check in, that kind of stuff is really useful. But I've seen a lot of loan officers who do a ton of business, keep like a Rolodex with their customers and they just have like three by five cards with information about who they are and when they close a loan for them, what their rate was. And literally every time they close a deal, their, their processor, their assistant writes a new card, puts it in the back of the box, right? And then he makes 10 calls a day and they just go, boom, call, 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 put it in the back of the box after he makes the call. Even if he doesn't get them on the phone, leaves a voicemail, right? And he just cycles through it. And hundreds of customers he gets through in a month or two months because he's making 10 calls a day. Even a simple strategy that costs you like $7 at Staples can be the difference between staying in the industry or not staying in the industry. And so what you guys are doing is helping loan officers then get access to those real estate agents to get the initial meeting set up. But if they don't talk to you, create some kind of Rolodex, right? I mean, you guys have follow-up systems to help loan officers maintain those relationships, but like anything that you're going to do, like pick up the phone, call them again, call them again, call them again. And man, I know for me, um, there was one realtor that I was prospecting and kind of like trying to build a relationship with for a while. And they had a loan officer that they worked with for a long time, fail on a transaction and it like burned the relationship. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have burned relationships with realtors due to the same thing, right? Even if it's not your fault. And so I was there when they needed somebody. That's the key. 
right place at the right time. Yeah. yeah. That's also one of the main reasons why I see like some realtors will take the call is like they had someone that just dropped the ball on a loan. Um, like I said, even if it's not their fault, like they just place the blame on that person, um, that'll happen. And then they'll just like immediately send something to, to our client. So yeah, yep. it's all about like right place, right time. Yep. I love it, man. That's awesome. So, you know, you've got your team of, of dialers, you've got your list, you're building. Is there anything they should know about how you guys structure this? And then um, to, to kind of wrap up, you know, if they want to learn more or they want to talk to you about how to get their calendar filled with appointments or realtors, what do they do? Yeah. So you can just visit maverickmedialab.com. Um, there's a button on there to, to schedule a call and we can basically go through, kind of see where you're at, whether you're like a new loan officer, you're a branch manager or a broker or just like a one-man show. We'll kind of see where you're at, what's like the best thing that's going to help you. And then we'll just recommend, you know, which service would be like the best or, you know, kind of which plan would be the best and kind of just take it from there. We usually have like pretty fast ramp up times of when we get a campaign launch. So, you know, we've, whether it's a new loan officer or someone who's been in the industry for like 30 years, we've pretty much worked with the, with the entire spectrum. Yeah. I love it. Now having experience working with you in the past, you know, I will say the most important thing for me was just staying on top of calling and being there for my appointments, you know? You guys coach your loan officers really good on that. I mean, you guys maintain your membership base based on the successful outcomes of your loan officers. You know, they're they're paid guys to make sure that you're finding success. Otherwise, you cancel and that's not good, right? I very highly recommend Maverick Media Lab and, of course, Gilberto. You know, I appreciate that. Loan- I'm, I'm glad you had a great experience with us. Yeah, I did. I did. And, and I will say that you know, I met some great realtors. I built some good relationships and I got some deals. And that was what, that Love was it. exactly what we we're into it for. So yeah. Love it. Awesome. Well, that's it. Appreciate the time today. Gilberto. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, of course. Love the conversation. Yeah. I love marketing talk, man. It's, it's, uh, it's the most important thing a loan officer can do is market themselves. 100%. I could talk about this all day. <laughs> well, we only have a, a 45 minute format, but maybe <laughs> we'll have you back. Yeah, yeah, for sure, 100%. All right, cool. Thanks.